0: Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, munciefirstchurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Well, it has been so good, and uh, I promise that when everything gets... uh, straightened out we'll have you come back (laughs) everybody all right with that yeah it's really it's been a blessing and and I think uh, God knew what we needed today and uh, you know I I wrote the message that I want to give you I really put this together several weeks ago without any idea that we'd be in the place we're at right now there's no way to know that we're uh, going to be looking at uh, what we did that silver I was going to close the NBA and start a ball rolling that uh, (laughs) has closed about everything there is to close, and uh, I had no idea, but God did, and he has given us a message, I think, for this day. And uh, I I have, um, this going to Genesis chapter 35, uh, 1 through 15, and I'm going to have scriptures up, I think, and and, uh, as they come up, I want to use them and show you some stuff, but over the past three weeks, I've been doing a series of messages called Making Adjustments. Anybody happen to make any adjustments in your life right now? (laughs) Some big ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Man, wow, who knew? Um, But as a follower of Jesus, I have learned in my life, whether it's in thoughts or actions or attitudes, I'm constantly making adjustments in my life. Anybody here relating to that? I I have to do that or else I find myself drifting away. I have to make these adjustments to, to keep me aligned with what God's called me to be. And I'm always in the process of that. So we've been looking at Jacob to talk about that. And you find Jacob in Genesis. And I just want to give you a little background for those of you who haven't been here. He's the grandson of Abraham. He is the son of Isaac whom Abraham went to sacrifice on Mount Sinai. He's the second son, the twin brother of his older brother Esau. He's a conniver, he's a swindler, he tricks his brother out of his birthright, he tricks his brother out of his blessing and that is being passed down from God to Abraham to Isaac and now to Jacob. And you can read about all that in Genesis twenty eight ten. And so then he runs away and he's out in the desert and it's dark and it's all alone and he has with him only his staff. That's the only thing he has with him is his staff. <clears throat> and it says he laid down to sleep and he didn't even have anything to lay down on so he grabs a rock for a pillow. And he has a dream of angels ascending and descending. And God speaks to Jacob there. Here, I want to read you that part. He says, I am the Lord, the God of of Abraham and Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. And your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west, to the east, the north, and the south. And all people on earth will be blessed through you and, and your offspring. And I'm with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. It's this amazing blessing and encounter and when he awakens he looks around and he says I had no idea but I lay down at the very doorway to heaven itself. So Jacob takes the stone he slept on and he says he set it upright he poured oil on it and he makes a vow to God and this is his vow if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and all that you give me, I will give you a tent. And we find that the adjustment that Jacob needed to make and probably a lot of us need to make in our lives was that Jacob uh, was that, that we need to get away from all of normal life sometimes and get out into a desert place where we can hear from God. And I think God is helping us do that right now. I, I had a friend put on Facebook the other day He said, uh, found a lady in my house today. She was sitting on my couch. I guess she's my wife. She's pretty nice. Then it said, uh, no sports for three days. Kind of funny, but kind of truthful too, you know. Probably all need this adjustment in our life just to remind us of what we're here for and why we're we're here. We need to get away from all the stuff. Jacob leaves Bethel and he heads to his uncle's home. Laban is his mother's uh, brother and he meets Uh, Laban's daughter Rachel and Jacob falls in love and in Genesis 29 Jacob works for seven years for his uncle for the hand of Rachel in marriage and somewhere at the end of that seven years he has this wedding and he thinks he's marrying Rachel and his uncle tricks him and he it runs in the family and, and he ends up marrying Rachel's older sister Leah don't know how that happened you have to be pretty probably drunk or something to do that But then he promises another seven years. He says, I'll give you seven more years if you will, or or his uncle says, if you give me seven more years, you can have my daughter Rachel. So he promises another seven years and he marries Rachel. And meanwhile, Jacob works out a deal where he is going to be head of his uncle's herds. And so he works out a deal that all the spotted lambs, all the stuff that's not quite perfect, I'll take all that. And he breeds them so that they turn out spotted so that he ends up building his herds and diminishing his uncles. He's been so busy. And not one time do you see, and this is the part I want you to hear, not one time do you see anywhere where he has spent any time considering the vision at Bethel. Never talks about that again. About 15 or 16 years later, Jacob knows it's time to go home. God has spoken to him. He reminds Jacob that he's the God of Bethel as he's making preparations for that. He speaks to him. He says, hey, I'm the God of Bethel. He has to remind him of Bethel. He brings him back to that place. He had to come to this country. Jacob had come to this country with just a staff. Now he's leaving with large herds of sheep, goats, donkeys, camels, four wives, eleven kids, and who knows what else. And Genesis chapter thirty-one, we see this. The problem is, is that Jacob had left his father's house a mess. He had left with his brother Esau so angry. The Bible said that he considered himself that he consoled himself by dreaming of the day his father would die, so he could kill his brother Jacob. You know you're in trouble when your brother is living to kill you. So Jacob's returning to the mess that he had created. He hadn't cleaned it up. He, he's coming back and he's afraid. He's afraid because he heard that Esau's coming with 400 men. And Jacob figures, this is it. I'm going to die. But we need to remember, God had made a promise. And I want you to hear me right now. God had made a promise at Bethel to Jacob. And I need to remind you of something that's very important in the world you live in right now. That God's promises always supersede The world's circumstances. You can quote that. I did this morning on Facebook. Jacob should have been hanging on to the promise God had made to him, and so should we. We need to get a hold of those promises right now, and we need to hang on to them. Jacob had made a promise, he hadn't spent much time honoring God. He'd been too busy with life. We can relate to that. He had put God on the back burner. Some of us understand that. He was afraid God wasn't going to keep his promise. And so finally, Jacob, now in great pr- uh, fear, prays, and he reminds God of his promise. Have you ever done that? When you're in fear, you start reminding God of the promises that he has made to you. It's not a bad thing to do, though. And he reminds him of the promise, of what God had promised. It's the only time you see Jacob remembering this experience he had at Bethel. The second adjustment I said last week that Jacob need to make and that we need to make is this, to remember the promise, the promises that have been made to us by God. We gotta go back and remember those. Because we forget them. We've we've set those things aside. We have we've forgotten what it is that God has done in our lives. And we need to remember that the promise of God is bigger than the world's circumstances. The same is true for us as well. Jacob wrestles with God, he begs for a blessing. We talked about this last week. He'd forgotten he'd already been blessed of God. He he needed to remember we already have the blessing of God. See, a lot of us are wrestling with God right now. We're sitting there fighting and saying, God, where are you at? We I need a blessing. And God's telling you, I've already given you a blessing. Your blessings are already there. You just need to live into that blessing. You need to claim that blessing. You need to get a hold of that blessing in your life. Then God does something amazing. He touches Jacob's hip and it's dislocated. And, and Jacob is given a limp. And, and, and I think that's God's blessing to Jacob. And I, I know a lot of us struggle with this a little bit, but, but it's true. Ja, God blessed Jacob by making him weak. So that every time he walked and every step he took, he's reminded that he has to depend upon God for everything. And I think maybe God is using the virus right now to remind us that we need to depend upon him. That our lives are not our own completely by ourselves and we can do whatever we want oh we can do that but there's a consequence to that and god is giving us a chance right now to be reminded that he is our blessing and that he is our help and he is our strength so he meets his brother and god has all that worked out and you move into genesis chapter 34 and that's a horrible story of tragic proportions i'm not going to even talk about that and then we go to genesis 35. And here's where I want you to get on with me today. God meets with Jacob and he tells him, go back to Bethel. Go back to Bethel. A quick reminder, Bethel is the place where God has blessed Jacob. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of trouble in Jacob's life. His sons are struggling. His daughter has been defiled. There's no doubt many moments when Jacob in the moment has forgotten the blessings of God. Or maybe in the moment the blessings just seem too small. I want to ask you right now, are you aware of and living in the blessings that God has promised to you. Are you living in the blessings that God has promised to you? Because God has made incredible blessings and promises to us. He's called us to be his children. I love this. He's promised grace to wash away all your sins and to make you pure and holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has sent his Holy Spirit as a guarantee of what is to come. What a blessing. He's promised to never leave you. His promised that he would that that you would one day reign with him forever. And in the moment when the stock market is crashing, and your retirement fund is waning, and when there's a worldwide pandemic, in the moment when your teenage daughter comes home and says, I'm pregnant, when your child is in the accident, or the doctor says, it's cancer, we all too often allow the circumstances of life to become bigger than the blessings of God. I think that's where Jacob is and so God says to Jacob go back to Bethel go back to Bethel I think God is sending Jacob back there to Bethel for one simple purpose and I want to give you that today I think he's sending him there to remember what he had promised Jacob and for Jacob to remember what he had promised to God and I find that I myself I find that I'm often in a place just like Jacob where life has gotten crazy and where I'm running around and I, I, I'm meeting myself coming and going. And where the circumstances have gotten so big and I feel so overwhelmed that I have set the promises aside or I've forgotten them or I'm just overwhelmed by them. Jacob needed to go back. He had set up a pillar to remember, but he had forgotten. He needed to go back. And I think the adjustment we need to make today is that we all need to go back to Bethel. We need to go back to our Bethel's. We need to go back to the places where we met God for the very first time, where he pronounced blessing over us, where we made promises to God. We need to remember, anybody have those places in your life where you made those promises to God, where you met God for the very first time? We need to do that. But for Jacob to go back there, he had to take care of some business first. And this is important. He had to take care of some business. He had to get rid of all the things, the idols that were standing between him and the one true God. Jacob says in Genesis chapter 35 two. It, it says this, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, purify yourselves, change your clothes, then come, let's go to Bethel. I think that's important. See, Jacob and his family needed to do some things. They had been living and everything is coming in and they are accumulating. How many of you have ever woke up one day and realized your whole house is full of stuff? And you're going, man, we need to do some spring cleaning around here. By the way, we're getting ready to have a spring garage sale here at the church to raise some funds for some things that we're getting ready to do. If you need to get rid of some things, see Jennifer. She'll help you, and we can take care of that for you. But that's what happens in our lives. We get all this stuff. We start accumulating things into our lives to the degree that that all of a sudden life is just cluttered with all kinds of stuff. It's not necessarily the statues of a God that he was talking about here. It might have been an attitude or maybe it was anger over what had happened to his daughter and and the sisters of these, these boys of his. Maybe it's wealth that is getting in the way. Too many herds of sheep and too many goats and too much. And family circumstances and activities. Really, idols are anything that you start depending on rather than God himself. And that's where he's at. And Jacob is saying to his family, purify yourself. Get rid of stuff that's holding you back. Get rid of everything that's in the way between you and God. Anything that's separating you and God right now, set it aside and let's go back to Bethel. Let's build an altar there to God and worship him. Let's go back to Bethel and put everything back in order. Let's go back to Bethel so we can have revival, so that we can remember, so that we can get back to the place that God called us to. Let's go back and hear fresh and new from God. Oh, I think that's where we're at as a church and as as a nation. We need to go back and hear fresh and new from God. We need to be reminded. The promises are all still the same. They're true, but I need to hear them again. I need to hear God tell me one more time. I never get tired of hearing my wife tell me she loves me. I need it fresh and new from time to time. I need it from God as well. He needs it from me. So Jacob's household took all the things they had depended upon other than God and they buried them. He didn't just put them in a sack and say, we'll sell those, we'll hang on to them, you never know, we might want it later on. He buries it, he gets rid of it, it's gone. He got rid of the junk, they had revival. Revival is often nothing more than just cleaning out all the garbage and stuff we've accumulated and let get between us and God so that we can have a fresh flow of his spirit into us again. And they went to Bethel. So let me ask you a question right now. How long has it been since you went to Bethel? How long has it been since you went to your Bethel? Because you need to go there. I think most of us are probably so overwhelmed by all the stuff in our lives that we can barely remember our Bethels. They happened a long time ago. We haven't had any fresh ones in a long time. It's time for us to make some adjustments and deal with all the stuff in our lives that's gotten in the way. Maybe it's comfort or entertainment or work or maybe it's whatever. It's time to bury the stuff and start fresh and go back to Bethel. And I wonder if God's not giving us a chance to do that right now in this shutdown period so we can remember the blessings that God has promised us and pronounced over us and the promises that we made to God. A couple weeks ago when I was reading this, I was going through some things and I came across this thought and I was reading this in the scripture. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, I needed to go back to my Bethel's and i asked god to help me and so i began to deal with things in my own life things that i'd let become idols things that i'd let get between me and god and and what he really wanted to do in my life and so i i began to bury those things in my life and i made some trips back to bethel i made a trip back to bethel in my own life now bethel for me is several places it's not just one and i want to i want to tell you about some of it bethel was anderson first church of the nazarene for me in the old sanctuary not in the one they have now but in the old sanctuary at an altar and God blessed me there. He called. He, he, I knelt down there, and he blessed me. He forgave me of my sins, and he called me his son for the very first time. I gave my heart to Jesus there in that old church. That's a Bethel, and I needed to go back there and be reminded I'm his child. I belong to him. I don't care what you guys think of me, because he thinks I'm great. It was at Shiloh Park in Marion. A lot of you have been there before love shiloh park it's one of my favorite places this wasn't in the new tabernacle in the nice one this was in the old tabernacle the old wooden one that used to be there and i remember as a kid after somebody had taught a lesson of some sort where the holy spirit began to speak to my heart and he said i want you for me i want all of you and as a kid as much as i could understand it i went to that altar and i said okay god i give you me And I knelt there at that altar, and I was sanctified by him, where I said yes to him. And I promised to follow him with all my heart and all my days. It was when I was 17 years old in St. John's Hospital in Anderson, Indiana, where I stood as a teenage boy, 17 years old, working as a second shift orderly, and I stood by a young man who was 21 years old, and he'd been shot in the head. And there was nothing they could do. And my job that night was to stand and take his blood pressure every 15 minutes as he died. And I sat there beside him and I took his blood pressure and he would get lower and lower, but he could still talk even though he couldn't reason. And pardon what I'm going to say, but every time he would scream into that room, God damn. And it said it over and over and over And I can still hear it. I can see him. And I knew his brother. I went to high school with his brother. I knew I would see his brother again in a day or two or whatever. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me that night. He said, Mark, I want you to reach out to people like this who don't know me. It's too late for this man. He's lost, but there's others. And you can make a difference if you will. And I said yes to ministry that day. That was a Bethel. That was a promise made by God. And that was a promise I made to God. That's my Bethel. It was in a friend's house as I stood there one day with this crowd of friends that were uh, different than I was a little bit, but, but a great group of people. And as I stood there, one of the men put his hands on me and out of the clear boo began to just prophesy over me. And he prophesied one, that one day I would preach to thousands and that I would teach it and there would be many who would hear me preach. And I said yes to the Lord again. It was at Kankakee College Church in Kankakee, Illinois. And I can shake you. I can take you to the very place on the, on the uh, platform of that church where this took place. And there was a place where I knelt down and Dr. Greathouse, one of the greatest men I ever met in my life, came up and laid hands on me and prayed ordination over me and separated me to do the work of the Lord, the work of God, in a way that I could never understand until then. And that was my Bethel. See, for me, I'd gotten caught up in what doesn't seem to be happening. I look around and the church isn't as full as I'd like it to be. And people aren't responding like I want them to. And I don't have enough money in my bank account. And my house is this and my cars are that. And I've got all these things. And I am so overwhelmed by the lack of worldly success. And I was so caught up in the noise and the busyness of ministry, I had forgotten the blessings of God. I forgot what He called me to. I'd gotten too busy. I'd forgotten what He was saying to me. I'd forgotten the promises that I had made to him. And I needed to go back to Bethel and be reminded and be renewed and to renew the vows and the commitments and to remember the blessings. I had to set up an altar in my heart. Have you ever set up an altar in your heart? I had to set up an altar in my heart to remind myself of this again. I had to go back and I had to set it back up so that I didn't lose sight. Because if I lose sight of that, I lose sight of the blessings of God and the world overwhelms me. That's what Jacob had to do. And I'm wondering in my soul today if that isn't what God's inviting all of you to do as well. I wonder if God isn't asking you to come back to Bethel and to remember the blessings, first of all, of your salvation. Because maybe you got saved a long, long time ago, and you can't hardly even remember, it, but you were saved. There was a day when Jesus forgave you of your sins and changed you totally. Nothing was ever the same again. And he gave you eternal life, and he made you a promise that he would never leave you, that he would always walk beside you, and that one day when you died, that he would take you to be with him forever. And I wonder if God isn't calling you back to that salvation moment. Or maybe He's calling you back to your sanctification moment. That moment when God asked you for everything and you said, okay, I'll give you everything. And you made a promise to God that if He would walk with you, you would walk with Him. And He's kept His promise. And maybe you need to renew your promise like I did. Maybe God's inviting you to get rid of all the stuff that's filling up your heart right now. Because it's so full of all kinds of things. And angst and anger and frustration and so full of stuff that you can't remember the blessings. So I'm wondering if God isn't inviting us to go back to Bethel to set up an altar. I'm wondering if God isn't inviting you to reestablish your love affair with Him. A few months ago, I had a couple come to me and they said, Would you do our vows over? Our marriage has changed. We got saved. We just love each other differently. We want to say new vows. We went back and we renewed those vows for them. It was wonderful. That's what you need to do with Jesus. Oh, it's not that you're not saved. It's not that you're not forgiven, maybe even still sanctified, but you've just forgotten the blessing of it, and you just need to renew the blessing of it again. And I wonder if God isn't inviting us back to Bethel to set up an altar. And I wonder if God isn't calling and inviting you to reestablish that love affair. Let me ask you a question How long has it been since you sat and listened and remembered and thought about all the blessings? that God has given you. How long since you remembered the promise you made to God? How are you doing in your spiritual walk? Is it fresh? Is it current? Is it going on? Is the power of the Holy Spirit living in you right now? Or has your spiritual life become kind of dull and dry and old? And maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to make an adjustment. Maybe it's time to head off to Bethel. Maybe it's time to get rid of some things. Maybe it's time to go back to the altar and remember and rewind and renew and revive your walk with Christ. And the good news is this. It can happen. It can happen. And I've asked Doug to come. He's going to sing. And we're going to let him sing. But I want to open the altars today. I don't know if anybody here needs to do that. Maybe Maybe that's not right for you and you don't want to do that. I don't know. But I feel like right now God wants to speak to us some hearts and He's speaking to some hearts and He's inviting you to come and to kneel and to come back to Bethel and to hear and to renew just like He did Jacob. And it's time to do that. It's time for some fresh commitments. It's time to renew and say yes to the Lord. Whether you're here or on Facebook Live out there somewhere, maybe God's called you to get to your knees and say, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm ready to hear what you've got to say. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. I'm ready to go back to Bethel. I need to make this fresh and new again. I invite you to stand with us as Doug sings. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you feel like doing, and maybe you will not feel like doing that. But, but if God's speaking to your heart, man, I would just not wait. If God is saying to you, it's time to make it fresh and new again, I wouldn't wait. There's no shame in that. It's just simply getting on our faces and saying, God, I got to have that again. I want back to, I want more. I want all that you got. I want everything that you got for me. And God is speaking to your heart right now. Would you come? Would you just kneel and pray? Would you just seek him? No one's going to work you over. We're not going to ask you to join the church. We're not going to ask you to (laughs) take a vow. We're just asking you to go back to Bethel. Go back to Bethel. Be renewed in your spirit. Be reminded in your heart. Come back to Bethel if he's speaking to your heart right now. Father, Father, right now, you know what's going on. You know what's going on in this church. You know what's going on in people's hearts. And right now, God, if there is something that you want to do, then Lord, I pray that you will do it right now in Jesus' name. And that people will respond in Jesus' name. And that people will kneel in Jesus' name. And that people will get back to Bethel and their hearts will be renewed and revival can start in their hearts and in their lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please come as Doug sings. We'll pray together. Amen. Sure. I pray that during this time as we, uh, as we go through these times that are different, this new normal, this time of being locked down a little bit and, and some of our busyness just mandatorily has to stop, that you'll take the time to go back to your Bethels, that you'll take the time to go back to those places where God spoke to your heart for the first time, that you'll go back to those places and that you will hear what he had to say again. And that you'll be renewed in your spirit, in your heart, and revival can start in you. And and my prayer also is, is if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not experienced that in your own life, that sometime along the way, as you spend time with Him, that He will speak to you and that you will allow Him to change you completely. He loves you. uh, He's in charge. This pandemic is not a surprise to god he's not up in heaven wringing his hands he's carrying it he's got it he's got you he's got me and i just give him praise right now for that father i thank you for being here i thank you for the joy that we have in our lives right now of knowing that you're in charge and that you have all things in your hands that you're going to take care of each one of us i pray for those who are praying here at this altar God, I pray that as they go back to their Bethels, as they were reminded of the promises you've made, that their hearts would just be filled with joy. And I pray for each person who is sitting in this congregation today and everyone who heard online today, Lord, that right now, before uh, before the end of all this is over, Lord, that, that, that they would spend some time, that they'd go back to the Bethel, they'd go back to that place, that they would hear the promises and they'd be renewed and their spirit would be made fresh. Jesus, we love you. We're just believing for great things in the days ahead. And uh, thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for Doug. Lord, I pray your blessings on Doug, that you will use him mightily in every place that he goes to minister, and that you will keep him fresh and new and and current, and that his heart will stay uh, glued to you, and uh, that this ministry will just flourish, Lord, as he trusts you. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray amen if you would like to help us out make sure your offerings get in the back and remember the love offering for doug as well and if you have cards that you've filled out telling us that you're here please put those in the back as well we would truly appreciate that god bless you thank you